This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Awesomes, welcome back to Awesome Today. I'm your host, Meg Teets. With me, as always, on this Monday is my all-the-time husband, sometimes bartender. And in-house legal counsel, whose <laughs> primary job is showing you how close you can get to breaking the law without actually breaking the law. That sounds accurate. That's good. It's a life mission. Yeah. It's a calling. <clears throat> We're sitting real close to each other at this table today. Yeah, after... The time before last, I think it was, when we did that and you didn't give me COVID, I figure, what? what's the worst that could happen now? We have another kid? <laughs> All right. You know, we like to gather around. You want another kid, don't you? N- no, I do not. Nico I think is like five kids yeah, on he his is. own. He is. He came with the, the he packs the, the energy. He and I have been at war for about the last four yeah. days. He's going through a, a three-year-old thing. He's not sure who Alpha is. <laughs> yeah, he's also pretty sure he's not just three. He's 33. At, he's at like, least. I'm a grown-ass man. You're not, right. not going to tell me what to do. You're not even my real dad. <laughs> Except, as you pointed out earlier, of all of our children, even though the coloring is off, he is the most you. Probably. Which is sad. It's sad for him. Why? Because no, it's sad for us because he has like all of your tenacity and stubbornness, except it's distilled into a little three-year-old body, and he hadn't earned it. No, I don't. I don't mind anybody who's earned it being a a powerful person. Yeah, but he hasn't earned anything. (laughs) He's spending on credit. Yeah, yes, that's right. Checks his body. He's got (laughs) bigger debt than our freaking government right now. Okay, so, you know, on Mondays we like to gather around and talk about some interesting things, hopefully awesome things. Play the banjo. 
You know how to play the banjo? I want to, but I'm not badly enough to go learn. Okay. I have, of all the of all of the stringed instruments, mm. I have the deepest respect for the banjo playing crowd. Why is that? Do you think? So like, there's there's no cheating. It feels like okay. Like is to he- me, if you hold a chord on a guitar and you just strum, yeah. Okay, that's a thing. But like with the banjo, those those folk wear a pick on each finger. Okay. And they're individually plucking strings along mm. with holding mm-hmm. and playing different. It's so like the technique level the has technique, to be like crazy fast. Peak. Crazy fast mm-hmm. with some of them. It's there's one particular song that has ended up on one of my Spotify playlists and it's probably from the 70s, I would guess. Anytime it comes on, I can't turn it off. I usually have the windows down and the top open, and then the radio is really loud. And I know every time it plays, people are looking around like, yeah, that song fits the way that dude looks. <laughs> I don't even care. It's just so impressive. I'm, I'm almost frozen in awe. Whoa, don't, do not freeze up while driving, please. Well, only on the straightaways. Oh, I don't know. But I do have a Jeep, so I feel like even if I went straight, where a corner existed, I'd still survive. Mm-hmm. Nothing around you would. That's fine. That's fine. It's not about them. It's about me. Yeah. That's my life motto. Okay. And, yes. <laughs> there's there's sounds. Look, look at your dog. Oh, it's my fancy dog. She'd be a noisy, lolling around yeah. on her back. Yeah, doing the back scratch wiggle thing. Yes. Okay. Back, back on track. It's okay. Monday. It's Monday. We we watched some things. We like to talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and what has added to our awesome lifestyle. We watched some things. We watched a couple of things, yes. You and I do enjoy stand-up comedy. We do. That's- I don't enjoy standing up while I listen to it. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether or not they're standing up. This is the name they chose. Mm-hmm. I did not mm-hmm. impose any of this on them. We've never seen a comedian live do their set live. That's true. We've only ever watched them on the screen. But going back to our early, like, early uh, newlywed days, I feel like whenever we could catch a stand-up special, yeah, we were both up for it. Well, we watched a couple. The first one is not exactly comedy. It's it more like a talk. Yeah, it wasn't a true stand-up. No, it, it was, was not. It was a special, but it wasn't it was a true a, stand-up. Okay, so it's on Netflix. It's Dave Chappelle's special that just came out on Netflix this month called What's in a Name? Yeah. Now, Dave Chappelle, of course, is a very famous comedian, mm-hmm. uh, both for stand-up and then also shows and acting and all kinds of things. But in this special, he's giving a, a speech, an address at his alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is exploring the backstory behind how things unfolded when that school wanted to name the Performing Arts Theater after him. Which is a relatively recent event. Yes, it's all, you may have even seen headlines about it. Like, it is something that has unfolded just in the past couple of months. Yep. And how all of that ultimately played out. Now, because he has Dave Chappelle, of course, humor is sprinkled in. Oh, yeah. But I just found this whole speech to be incredibly insightful and so fascinating to see him. It's very, he's very human. He's just, yeah. you get a sense that he's just really being himself. Mm-hmm. And, and he's helping explain why he is unapologetic yeah. about who he is. And even in this, in this presentation, 
giving giving deep homage to the school mm-hmm. that strengthened him to have the courage to be himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The very school that wanted to name a thing after him, and many people were like, "No, right? We want you to change first, right?" And right. So it was it was pretty pretty solid. And the school that he this he's an alma mater of is a like performing arts magnet school, mm-hmm. and he speaks a lot to the like the the calling of the artist and yeah. being true to your art and that's why from now on we will only stand up when we record these episodes <laughs> i did go through a phase where i stood up to record yes you did i saw your i saw your um upright recording booth yeah and then i got tired of that and now i'm back to the <laughs> seated recordings it's only suckers stand up <laughs> this chair feels really nice on my bottom it does so if you are an artist or if you love someone who is, or if you would just like to see a little bit more of um, who Dave Chappelle is as a person, I would highly recommend watching What's in a Name. It's not very long at all. And I just thought it was really good. Yeah. All right. Fine. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, something that was definitely a fully stand-up comedy special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just last night, we watched Bill Burr live at Red Rocks. Now, I only, <laughs> this, is, this is me, and you're not going to be surprised by this at okay, all. Okay, okay. It makes sense in my mind now that Red Rocks in Denver, or outside of Denver, wherever it is, it's in Colorado, mm-hmm. is a pretty major amphitheater. Yeah. I only knew it in the context of Nathaniel Rateliff performing there. Okay, There's, course, like, yeah. so much footage. I think, it was, I think it was during the pandemic, like, late pandemic, he and the Night Sweats performed. I think they performed there multiple times because he's like, that's a Denver based band. But there's some that you can see the footage of on YouTube. So I feel like I know the Red Rocks like background and stage and all of that really well. It was very jarring to me to see someone who is not. Other than Nate. Yes, exactly. Performing there. But Bill Burr, a comedian who you have loved. Um, I enjoy. I enjoy for a long time. his. Unabashed aggressiveness He's about things. Very aggressive about everything. Yes, and it's he does a good job with making it humorous. Yeah, he's to me, he is a classical comedian in the sense that everyone is going to be offended before the night oh, is yes, over. For sure, and that's to me that's good comedy. Everyone should be made fun of. Mm-hmm. That's the, the whole purpose of comedy should be for all of us to take ourselves a little bit less seriously. For sure, yes. Um, I will say, no offense. Mr. Burr, Dr. Burr, paging Dr. Burr. <laughs> I don't think he's a doctor. Um, he's not a doctor. I will say of, of all the things I've seen of, of his, this was one of the, the lesser favorites. Okay. I don't think he was as humorous as he's been in the past. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was a little bit more on mission to try to make a point about okay. a few things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. That's never quite as funny as just pure mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. I, I hire different people for my life guidance. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. But we still, we got tickled in yeah, quite yeah. a few parts, I mean, yeah, for we sure. Definitely, the bed jiggled as I laughed and my belly shook. <laughs> you tried to make it dirty just now. I saw that look in your eye. <laughs> okay, also on Netflix. Why are we on Netflix so much? Netflix is losing they, money they're hand losing over it. And we know why. One of the reasons is called Skinwalker Ranch. 
are you for were you prior to watching this did you know anything about skinwalker i did not which is shocking because i love all things supernatural conspiracy theory ufo yeah yeah i love all of that but i had never heard of skinwalker ranch before it's it's like if you're really in that world or rather i should say you have to be really in that world it's a second or third tier exposure it's not the it's not the gateway drug. It's the the next level okay. of things. I believe, and I hope I'm not misquoting now. Um, I believe this is located in Utah. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. It's within the vicinity, though, of all the the good alien probings that have been going on for so long. For sure, that we all wish we were part of. Mm-hmm. It has long been. A center for activity, but then only like hints of right something went on, but then nobody ever shares all the details, which makes it even more mysterious. More on that. Well, the show, to me, Your Honor, is terribly done. It's so bad. It's laughably bad. They talk for thirty minutes all around a thing, and you're just you're screaming at the television. Just say the damn thing already. Do you you never watch the this series of shows um, on MTV called The Hills? I know you didn't nope. watch it. It was The Hills was set up to be like a reality show, but it was also scripted, which was I never got it. I never actually really watched The Hills, but this but Skinwalker Ranch reminded me of that in the sense that it felt like they loosely gave everyone on camera who. This is set up docu-series style, so these are not actors by any stretch of the imagination. Right, right. Um, these are mostly like ranch hands, literally, people that run ranch a ranch. Well, don't forget the head of security, whose nickname is Dragon. <laughs> Dragon, yes. They bring in this guy who's an astrophysicist from Alabama. Yeah, and that's he, everything you'd assume, just yep, by hearing yes. hearing that those words put together. It feels like they gave everybody talking points, and they're like, look... You can say these things in your own words, but you got to hit these beats. And then every single one of them just memorize it. Right. So tell me if this sounds right. Because the impression I got, and it took a few episodes for this to really register what I was hearing. To me, it sounds like something that was originally written in a foreign language and then dubbed into (laughs) English with all the weird language patterns and... Here, you who are the master of this, take this item. That's what I'm saying. The language is so unnatural and so stilted. Yeah. I don't even know. I just, it's so bad, but you kept watching it. I I have. I kept, I kept wanting to see like one of the, the early big dilemmas that they're, they beat around the bush forever about is whether or not to dig. Evidently digging out there is a major thing. I was like, say dig. Yeah, exactly. It's like, say dig again, bitch. I will drive to Utah (laughs) right now. It There's was, like a whole episode that's just about whether or not to dig. Yeah, well, it stretches beyond one. Oh, my god! You fell asleep. Mm-hmm. It was your blessing. Whew. But all of that having been said, I would encourage anybody, as you're getting to be really sleepy, yeah. turn it on. It's not scary. You'll be, Trust right, me. You'll, and you'll, you'll just be giggling like, to it as what? you fall asleep. And then you'll fall out, and you won't feel guilty that you <laughs> slept through six episodes of it. It's unintentionally, unintentionally hilarious. Yes. Um, this would be prime MST3K material. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I can't think that we watched anything else really interesting. Did we watch any movies or anything? I checked oh. the boys to see um, 
the new Minions movie. That's dumb as a box of rocks, but they loved it. I rewatched a couple old movies that got newly released somewhere, oh, yeah. but not not in their completion. I think I I think one of them was one of the Batman movies or something. Oh, really? It was, it was terrible. Okay. Christian Bale is a garbage Batman. Oh, well, that's certainly a spicy take. Well, it's mine. Okay. All right. Okay, reading-wise, you accomplished a big thing. I finished my 658-page textbook. It was a delight. And what did you read well, after that? You even the responsible it? person reads all the appendices. <laughs> Freaking weirdo. I did. I read through it all. Mm-hmm. And... I was delighted to find at the end of it, I have no reason to change my opinion about anything that I'm currently doing. It was 650 pages plus. Yes. But you're, you're, yes. Good, you're solid on your opinion now. I am, yes. Okay, good. Anchored, anchored in. All right. Well, I have, a, I have a book that I just bought for myself that has been a really delightful surprise. Mm-hmm. So I follow, I follow a not small number of houseplant accounts on Instagram. Okay. Does that have... A, what level of surprise are you about that? Um, negative three. Okay. <laughs> One of the bigger accounts that I follow and have really enjoyed um, over time is called Plant Queen, where Queen is spelled K-W-E-E-N. Okay. And now, it, is this a, a queen in the the alphabet community sense? I would. I guess you could say that. I don't know if alphabet community is the I just, way to I say can't it. remember all the letters, and I don't want to leave anybody out. So there's just all the letters. You pick the ones that matter to you. Okay. Yes. So Plant Queen is Christopher Griffin, and he, like, has an incredible plant account on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, I don't know if it was watching one of his reels or just, like, clicking around in his bio or what, but I clicked over and saw that he'd written a book. Maybe he was just talking about his book. And the plant, okay, the book is called You Grow Girl. Like, you grow, you go girl, except it's You Grow Girl, and girl is spelled G-R-U-L. So I G-R-U-L? Girl? G-U-R-L. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not good at the alphabet either. Evidently, you are not an alphabet community member. I'm not good with spelling or language today. Um, I was skeptical about this book. But I was also intrigued. Enough to buy it. Enough to buy it. And I got it in the hardcover. Maybe yeah, they've well, been having a sale it was, on it Amazon. It was paperback, wasn't it? No, it's hardcover. Are you sure? I am 100% positive. Okay, well, okay. it's always bulkier when you go to throw it away. <laughs> okay. I took a gamble. You guys, this book is incredible. He has... The cover is so hard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Christopher has like multiple master's degrees and is is incredibly insightful and intelligent and also funny in his writing. Truly intelligent people often are. Yes. Not always. Yeah. And so he tells the story of like how his grandmother was super into gardening and how important that was like in their family culture and how as a young adult he took it up in all of the all of the, you know, trial and error that he has gone through and there is legit some fantastic information about how to grow weed i'm sure you could apply it to growing weed especially here in oklahoma but well that is only again as your in-house legal counsel Uh i'm gonna say no okay (laughs) all right at least on my kitty way right yes um i just i have been blown away you never know with instagram influencers 
the thing that they create, whether it is a book that they've written or if it's a product line, certainly beauty influencers often come out with their own makeup line or skincare line. the L'Oreal. Right, basically. Um, so you never know what you're going to get. I, am I here. wouldn't throw in shade on L'Oreal, by the way. Well, they're not cruelty-free, so you can throw all the okay. shade you want. screw you. <laughs> How dare you, you high and mighty with an apostrophe in your name, you idiots. Is that sufficient? That's good. That's okay. good. Anyway, I'm just here to say I was delightfully surprised at how substantial this book is, and it is not fluff. He has put in a lot of research in to like not just like academic research, but lived application of it. Is there anything about diametaceous soil? I don't. I don't know if I have gotten to that. Is point that how you say not. that word? Possibly. I don't know. It's one of those words where you read it and yeah. you say it in your head. But then the first time you say it out loud, you're then you're like, like "Oh no, oh, is that how you say that it?" Was, no, I did it wrong. Yeah. So anyway, you grow, girl, by Christopher Griffin. Is if you're into the the plantery, if you're into being that plant mom or plant dad, it's good stuff. Well, and if you listen and you think you know better than Christopher, then by all means, write a book, start a blog, have a podcast, get yourself on the Instagram, and have a drink. Mm-hmm. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> That's a reference to a YouTube channel. Yes. All right. Do you have any listenings to tell the awesomes mm. to check out? Not that I planned ahead of time or that immediately pops into mind. If something comes up, I'll interrupt you and say it. <laughs> Just like in the middle of me talking. Yes. Okay. So there's a podcast called Endless Thread, where the hosts take topics... Is it like My Endless Love, but it's a thread? Mm -hmm. Yes. Perfect. The hosts take topics from Reddit and break it down and turn them into podcast episodes. This is your two favorite things in the world. It is. And I enjoy this podcast immensely. Their most recent episode is on Swedengate. Are you familiar with what happened with Swedengate? I'm not. Okay. At least yet. Let me see if I can say this in a concise way. A couple of months ago in the Ask Reddit subthread, subreddit, dang it, Ask Reddit subreddit. A couple of weeks ago when I was editing all this shit out of the episode. (laughs) I can't. I don't even edit these. So (laughs) just everyone bear with me. Ask Reddit is a wildly popular subreddit where people just ask random questions. And oftentimes the most popular questions that are asked have like Tens and tens of thousands of responses. Yeah. So months ago, somebody had asked the question, what's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do because of somebody else's religion or culture or something like that? Oh, boy. Well, the very top-rated answer was this guy named David who was telling... Or is it David? (laughs) No, it's David. Told a story about how when he was a kid, um, he was playing at his friend's house and his friend's family is Swedish and that they were like playing in, you know, GI Joe's or whatever in his room. And then the parent was like, Hey, you know, Hey, take your pants off. No, he was like, the parents were like, Billy, come here or whatever. And so the, the friend's house, it was his house. He leaves and comes back a few minutes later. He's like, Hey, um, can you just like stay here for a few minutes and play? And I got to go eat with my parents, but you can't come, but I'll be back. And so he talked about what a weird feeling that was mm-hmm. that the family was eating and this, and David is like hungry. It's like dinner time, but that he was not invited to dinner. Well, that comment went 
bonkers on Reddit. And then someone posted it on Twitter and it got the hashtag Swedengate because here's the thing, as you may know, Sweden as a country is held up as this like paragon of like perfection. Oh, like, but anybody that knows any history knows they're shady AF. <laughs> okay, well, uh, they they are often everyone compares well like well in Sweden this or in Sweden that, mm-hmm. but then to see this thing that's apparently because a lot of people responded like I'm Swedish this was normal or I have Swedish family or friends this is a thing, and then other people are like no 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 that must have been an isolated incident we would never do this but it was like this story of inhospitality in being inhospitable in Sweden. Okay, that's the setup for this episode of Endless Thread, the podcast. And they actually talked to David himself, and he kind of gives some more context to the story. And um, they cover all different aspects of how different people have reacted to it. People are both Swedish or have just spent time in Sweden. It's if you just like to think about culture and how wildly they can cultures vary across the planet, what's acceptable, what's not. I'll tell you what's not acceptable. Very interesting. When you're playing with G.I. Joes, the only time you ever take your pants off is if you want to. Never let somebody else talk you down that path. You have been sitting on that idea the whole time. Been sitting on G.I. Joe the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, so that was good. Endless thread. Go that listen to Sweden Gate. Yes. You right. had this week, you had an epiphany. Yeah. A special moment with sharp objects. Mm-hmm. What was it? Well, the context for this is that our kids freaking love to eat watermelon, and there is nothing... That's how you get ants, by the way. It is how you get ants. I despise watermelon. I don't even particularly like to eat it if it's already cut and prepared. It's just, to me, it tastes like literally like water. It's terrible, unless you chug soda with it. What? Soda pop. Why would you I've do that? I told this story multiple times. I thought those were Me orange and slices. Tommy John. No, no, it was watermelon and it was Welch's grape soda. <laughs> oh, Me and Tommy John side by side puking into the trash can. <laughs> You've lived a lot of life, my friend. <laughs> I hate watermelon because it's such a pain in the ass to cut them up. And then if you get a big one, even if you have a lot of kids like we do, you've got to. It, freaking find a way to store to it in the refrigerator. Try to wedge it in the fridge and just crush it, and it bleeds more ant juice yes. everywhere. Yes, then the ants, and it's sticky. It doesn't matter if you send them outside to eat it. Yep. It's sticky. I hate watermelon. Which watermelon do you hate more? Refrigerated or ambient temperature? Ambient. Yeah, it's even. it gets mealy. It's so mealy. It's just wrong. I'm like, why do kids like to eat this? So when I was growing up, mm-hmm. here's a completely random story. Okay. When I was growing up, I grew up in a very small community. Mm-hmm. There was a family who, to their credit, they, they found seasonally, and this was like three generations deep, they found seasonally whatever it was. So they'd, they'd mow fields and, and bale and haul hay. They'd cut firewood. They'd garden and they had a, a what was everybody in town called the fruit stand even though it was more than just fruit there were also <laughs> veggie tables all the things well the the youngest of that line was i think three years younger than me mm-hmm. small town you you know everybody you hang out randomly sure. with different people yeah and i remember one night we were several of us out on a dirt road in the middle of the country and may or may not have been illegally sipping 
cold beer mm. or oh, ambient I thought this happened when beer. you were like a kid. Kid, you're like a well, teenager, a high school kid. Okay, um, he starts telling that they had watermelons were a big thing mm-hmm. that they did every summer, and he started telling that in the summer that somebody in the family they actually scheduled it out had to work shifts throughout the night somebody stayed awake and sat in the watermelon field in a lawn chair with a shotgun oh lord because people would sneak into the field and the sorry bastards wouldn't just come in and steal a watermelon or five they would cut them open They'd carry five-gallon buckets in. They'd cut the melons open and take the hearts out of them and then just leave the rest of it oh, there to waste. Oh, man. Yeah. And he was he was telling the story because he only had like 30 minutes left before it was his <laughs> shift to go shotgun. sit in a lawn chair with a shotgun in the watermelon field. Oh, my gosh. It's a different life. Yeah, it is. Um, watermelons are not worth it. No, no. <laughs> it's not worth staying up with the shotgun, nor is it worth being shot. Yeah. With a shotgun. Yeah. It's not even, a, it's not worth being up in the middle of the night for watermelon. No. <clears throat> they should have paid people to steal them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's well established that I hate watermelon. However, yes. our kids love them. So Trader Joe's had many watermelons in. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Because yeah, I of am, course, there was a point to the story. Yeah. I'm sorry, you have derailed everything. Because I am a sucker for my kids' happiness. I got a damn mini watermelon and brought it home. It sat on the counter ambiently, ambiently. <laughs> for a few days. It's deliciously I just, ambient. I just, and the kids are like, when are we going to cut that watermelon, Mom? And I'm like, I don't know. When I can just <laughs> find the inner strength and Whenever energy. you want ants, we'll <laughs> cut the damn thing open. Yes. Ingrates. But I, I like... My brain somehow had filed away probably a TikTok that I saw about how to cut watermelon in a way that wasn't quite so... Um, Agitating. Depression-causing. Yes. Yeah. Depression-triggering. So, I don't know. This is not the way I saw it on TikTok, I'm sure. But here's what I ended up doing, and I'll tell you what. It worked out great. It did work out great. So, I took the watermelon, and I cut off the butt end. Just and the, the tips. And the... And the and on the other side of the butt end. I don't know how the two, to... The two butt ends? Yes. I cut those, sliced them off. Mm-hmm. Then I sliced it down the middle. Long ways. Long like, ways. No, not long ways. Well, like so, halfsies. Yeah, so where your cut ends are, you're still like... Yeah, you had the cut ends. two domes with a flat top. Yes. And then, yeah, so you slice it down the middle. Then I flipped it on the cut side, flipped it down. The so fat the cut, side. So yeah, now the, the butt was in the air. 
The butt's in the air. The fat, flat side is down on the cutting board. Are you fat shaming a watermelon? Yes. Okay. And they deserve it. Okay. <laughs> so then I took that half of it and I cut it into pieces like a pie. Yeah. And because it was a mini watermelon, I could do that pretty easily. And this, what what came out, those little pie slices, were perfect for the kids to grab and just eat and yeah. feel like they got a huge serving of watermelon. It, it worked out quite well. Probably everyone who's listening right now is like, um, is yeah. there any other way yeah. to cut watermelon? How the hell were you doing it before, <laughs> you weirdo? Probably so. But I came up with this on my own. And it was delightful, and the kids ate almost all the watermelon. I did end up throwing, like, three pieces away because people, I guess, were done with it. Yeah. Um, That was refrigerated watermelon. Once you've coated, like, all the door handles and the (laughs) stair rails and all that, what else are you going to do with it? Your your work here is done. Yeah. Just throw it on the ground and walk away. (laughs) And let the ant feasting begin. Indeed. Oh, speaking of feasting and no ants. No ants. That we know. Well, there was one ant. Oh, yes, our children's aunt, my yes. sister, Emily. Different kind of aunt. We tricked you. <laughs> so Emily and her new husband, Matt, came into town for the weekend. Yeah. And you, because you are so very generous. Because I'd rather cook than spend time with people. That's not true. <laughs> well. I, just, that's, I know how you perceive it. That's not true. No, but you do like to feed I people. I like to feed people. And when you get a chance to feed a lot of people. I would feed Phil. You would feed Phil. It wouldn't be a very interesting episode, probably. Uh, well, not for the viewers, but yeah. we'd get a kick out of it. Yeah, we would, for sure. Um, no, you love to feed people, and so you took it upon yourself to make the big feast for last night. I did. I did something that I haven't done in maybe a decade. That seems like a long time. It is a long time, I guess. I don't know. I guess it depends how long you've been alive. If you've been alive 12 years, a decade's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Anyway, um, I made wings, and I'm always stubborn, and I don't want to do things the way other people did them, or why wouldn't I just buy them if I'm just going to do it how everybody else does it, right? For sure. So what I like to do, and this was inspired by a fantastic hole-in-the-wall place here in Oklahoma City that is not dependably open. They, do, they don't do wings. They do fried chicken. They smoke it. And then they fry it, Mm -hmm. and then they dip it in honey. Okay, yeah. It's delicious. It's wonderful. But you never know when they're going to be open. There's no way of knowing. So you could literally drive by every day for weeks on end and never have your smoked fried dipped chicken. Mm -hmm. But I liked the concept. Yes. And so the last time I had done this a decade ago, and this time, what I do is I take wings, and I smoke them first, just... Not even so much to the perspective of getting them cooked as to just getting the smoke yes, into them extensively. Sure. Um, and then this time I did two different finishes after that. I, I drowned them in a mixture of honey and butter and a lot of both, like half of a bottle, a gigantic bottle of honey. Um, what, three, three sticks of butter, I think. It was, nice. it was quite a bit. Yes. Drowned everything in there. Mm-hmm. Then I took about half of them and I dredged them in a, a mixture of flour and parmesan. Yes. And then deep fried them. Yeah. Those, they definitely looked better. Mm-hmm. Some people thought that version was better. Other people thought the other version was better. We had a big family fight about it and two people ended up in jail, <laughs> as the story goes. 
the other half, I did that honey butter thing, and then I just heavily covered in parm and then baked them to yes. finish. So it was a healthy choice, mm-hmm, right? Mm, healthy choice, yes. Um, and then I made, to go with that, a homemade blue cheese dressing. Mm-hmm. This is a very recreatable and very delicious dressing, and it's super, super easy. Go to the internet and look up Alton Brown's recipe oh. for blue cheese dressing. Now, because I'll never follow a recipe that never. I saw. Never. It's against your DNA. He actually reckon, recommends using gorgonzola. Okay. I did a mix mm-hmm. of gorgonzola and blue cheese, and then I added, which is not in his instructions, I added, uh, for, for the size of recipe he's talking about, it would have been probably a quarter cup of diced red onion. Half of that raw, half of that mixed in with roughly three strips of bacon that I cooked up in the skillet and then did all the crumbles of the bacon and then all the the cooked onion and dumped that in. I can't recall. I think he calls for Worcestershire and for lemon juice. If he doesn't, both of those things go in a little bit. And then you do salt, pepper, garlic powder to taste. And it's outstanding. It's so good. Even mm. if you don't like blue cheese dressing because you've only ever had it bottled from right. the grocery store, this... The crumbles don't squeeze out of the squeezer bottle. Right. So you don't get any of the crumbles. Right. Um, this is the best blue cheese ever. People eat it with a spoon. And by people you mean... Well, you do. I do. The kids do. I watched. I saw my new brother-in-law in the kitchen with a spoon in each hand. Really? No, I made that part up. Oh, okay. But it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Because it is that good. It's so good. And, you know, as most dressings, it's kind of just like a, a matter of throwing the things together. Yeah. It's probably more work to go buy the ingredients yeah, yeah. than to make the dressing itself. I will say it makes a big difference if you can leave it in the fridge. Yeah, you and don't want it to be ambient. Let all the, you don't want ambient. No, and that's also a way to get ants. You <laughs> you want it to be able to be in the fridge, stirred every few hours, all of that. If you can go as long as twenty four hours, it's it's hitting its prime at that point. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to view it, it has no preservatives in it. So whatever you make, you need to get eaten within about the next week's time. So don't go crazy with your recipe or you're just going to be throwing away perfectly good blue cheese. (laughs) Bit better to throw it out than to give yourself a little food poisoning over it. Or maybe that food poisoning is a life lesson that you need. Oh, I... Well, Matt and Emily were here and they brought for us a gift that they picked up for us in Greece. Yeah. The like sort of national liqueur, maybe? I don't even know. I haven't the read Greek islands. anything about this drink. I've just tasted it and it's delightful. Well, you, I'm going to look it up real fast. You tell okay. the people what it's called. So I am trusting Emily and Matt to say that the pronunciation is Uzo. It's Mm O-U-Z-O. And like literally from the, just the moment you uncork the bottle, the smell of black licorice is like a two-footed drop kick to the face in a good way. Yes. It's very powerful. Yep. This isn't something that you'd pour a nice tall glass of. (laughs) Oh, no. You want like a, like two tablespoons of it after a meal to just like, 
you might even serve it to yourself by using a, a dropper yeah. and putting drops on your tongue and just letting it permeate your mouth. It's yeah. very powerful. Very powerful. It is a dry anise-flavored aperitif. Mm-hmm. Widely consumed. Aperitif, in, really? That's what it says. I would have thought digestif. I would have thought so, too. But it is widely consumed in Greece. So I don't know that it's like officially their national uh, national liquor, but... It is, unlike anything I've ever tasted, it is exactly, I mean, it's like, is it anise or anise? Um, anise. Well, no, I'm just going to say black licorice. Black. To the <laughs> maximum. I laughed at myself saying anise. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you tickled your own self <laughs> about that. It is, and I love black licorice, and so I found it to be absolutely delightful. I wonder what it would be like just to put like a teaspoon of that into a, a seltzer or something. Oh, interesting. I bet that would be delightful. Mm-hmm. Don't give it to your kids, though. Well, unless they're really cranky. <laughs> and then only a teaspoon. Yes. Okay. We had another delicious liquor discovery. Yeah, we did. Okay. It is called Casamigo. Casamigos. Casamigos yes. tequila. One word. It's not like House of Friends. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. But it's one word. It is one word, though. It's but not like, like Casa Amigos. Right. It's Casamigos. Right. One A. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. That's where the A always is, right? <laughs> mm, I don't know if I'm going to agree to that or not. Where else would the anus be located? <laughs> I said anus again. <laughs> it's All the anus right. episode. Yes. So... After um, Asim Sarah had... <laughs> Sorry. I, I like to laugh at that word. <laughs> it's not that funny. Even. It's a great word. Everybody has a word that triggers them in a happy way. It's funny to and me. And yours is anus? It's a funny word to me. <laughs> like, it's one thing if you get mad, like if you're having a public disagreement with somebody and you're like, hey, screw off, asshole. Yeah. Everybody's used to that. It's not special. But if you're like, hey, forget you, anus. <laughs> That really jars everyone, and so that's how that word affects me. It's just, it's jarring out of the normal. Hey, all right. Like what you like, love what you love. Okay. Um, okay. When Wait until I throw shade on the things that you think are funny. <laughs> It'll be off mic, because I don't want to be canceled by the people, but I'm going to destroy you later. <laughs> okay. All right. After Awesome Sarah. Anus. Okay. Had posted in the Awesome Today group with uh, asking for recommendations for tequila for mm-hmm. margarita making. Mm-hmm. At least as one of the focuses was yeah. margarita making. Yeah. It sort of piqued your interest because we just have never really been big tequila people. We've never been margarita people. That's also true. Well, we've been tequila people because we got introduced to Don Julio Añejo, which yeah. is a sipping tequila. Yes. Which is smoky, much like mm-hmm. a much like a scotch, just mm-hmm. in its own way. Yeah. Um, Anus. Okay. My very first drink ever was a margarita mm-hmm. in Mexico. Yes, your first legal drink. My f- first legal drink. I didn't really drink before that. Well, you had a sip here and there. I had like a wine cooler. With a Jolly Rancher? A Zima Probably. and a Jolly Rancher? I was in college. But I turned 21 on our honeymoon, and we were in Mexico that day. Mm-hmm. And for with my lunch, I ordered a margarita. I thought it was real hot shit. Yeah. Well, was, it, was it frozen even? No, it was uh, on the rocks. On the rocks. But it was a it was a big in. Yeah. I mean, we were in Mexico. It was a fishbowl. So, yes. Um, I didn't finish it because I was like, uh oh. Because the policia came. <laughs> oh, no, because I was like, I should not be drinking this much. <laughs> My first first drink out of the gate. 
We don't have bail money. <laughs> we just got married. But honestly, it's so funny because we both love Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. Um, going and getting margaritas is like certainly a very big part of culture in our part of the country. In our little college town, the the best place in town to eat was a Tex-Mex place. And they yeah. were famous yes. for their giant margaritas. But we've never really been margarita people. And I think it's because in my mind... I think of margaritas that are like either frozen or made with a mix, and you get that like almost cloying. It's cloying. It's almost like candy like mm-hmm. in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Margarita taste, like artificial margarita taste, right? And so we don't really ever order I'm them. nodding, by when, the way. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> when we're out. Yes, but plant queen. After you got this Casamigos tequila, you also had gotten some tri- triple sec, triple sec, which is an orange liqueur. Yes, and you just mixed up a few margaritas on the rocks for us, and I was like blown away. The first one I did was following the quantities of those other two yeah. items, yeah, and I hated it. Yeah, did you like it? No, it was. Not, it was that cloying, yeah, thing, yeah. Then I thought, well, why why do we got to put all that in there? Mm-hmm. I literally went, and let's be fair, when I pour a drink, there's usually more than two times the amount of alcohol that you would gotta, be a recipe. You do a heavy pour. I do a heavy pour. My wrists are weak, and the bottle tips over, and I can't yes. stop the booze from mm-hmm. pouring in. Yeah. But I went with maybe a teaspoon of triple sec and a teaspoon of lime. And that came about, maybe if you were doing a one-shot drink, like a, what is that, three ounces or something, Mm -hmm. then you'd want to go like a quarter teaspoon of the two for just, you just want a a hint. It's almost like the LaCroix of margaritas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like the triple sec just breathed on the glass. Yes. Okay. So we've been highly, highly enjoying this Casamigos. Now, I want you to take a look. I'm going to have you do something on mic. Oh, boy. Pants on or off? Keep your pants on. Okay. I want you to look at this signature right here on the bottle. Okay. But if you just like had to make a guess who whose signature that might be. Like can you even tell the first name? I would say George, but probably yes. Jorge. George. But pronounced Jorge. Nope. George. You... Is that Clooney? Yes. Oh, screw off. I don't want this anymore. Oh, no, shut up. This is the best tequila I've ever had. I didn't know this until I posted this on my Instagram stories, and people were like, oh, yeah, George Clooney, he can't do any wrong, can he? And I was like, what? Um, yes, George basically who, everything he does is wrong. So here's the story on it. This is the story time. I thought you were He's gonna... a handsome man, but he does most things wrong. I thought you were going to love this story because, listen, this label, Casamigos, was launched in 2013 by George Clooney and nightlife entrepreneur Randy Gerber whose actual idea it was, and George just came along with the money and the grubbing for the title. (laughs) And property developer Mike Meldman. Friends, Gerber and Clooney started the company intending to make tequila according to their personal taste and for their personal use with no intent of taking the company public. To which I say horseshit. The name Casa Amigos comes from the Spanish Casa House and Amigos Friends, thus House of Friends. It was purchased in June 2017 by the multinational beverage company Di- Diageo. I don't know. For $700 million, plus up to a further $300 million based on the brand's performance. That purchase equated to Diageo paying about $500 a bottle for what was in production at the time. That is fascinating. As a future owner of a distillery, which I am. Yes. 
that's interesting. I thought that you were I'll fine. I'll not sell. Oh, I'm, I'm confident of that. They can't offer enough money. I just thought that that was a, such an interesting story. We had no idea. Because we had a really bad experience with Ryan Reynolds' gin, it, the aviator gin. Yeah. It, I mean, not a bad experience, like but like a meh experience. Poured through Deadpool's underpants. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was tasteless. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was such an interesting that story. That is interesting. And then also... Still don't like George Clooney, but I, that's a good story, and I'm glad for his friend. <laughs> I will say, that does explain a little bit of the price point. I mean, it's $57 a bottle. But in fairness... At our local liquor store. In fairness, Your Honor, if I may. Mm-hmm. Anus, first. <laughs> okay. Because I felt like I hadn't said that in a while. Secondly, this is... In my in my brief experience of tequilas, I feel like this is really unique in that the smokiness of it it's it's like a a blonde scotch almost. It is. It is. Um, it's very much fine yeah. to be a sipper by itself, and maybe that's also why we were yes. so welcoming of the very light amounts of lime and triple sec in there because we didn't want to drown out exactly what was there it's not a bad drink it doesn't require a lot of mixers to make it good we just wanted a little something around the edges right and i'm glad you made that point because i was going to say at 57 dollars a bottle it puts it in the price range of what we would spend on a bottle of scotch yeah but we're cheap bastards too <laughs> to a degree listen all right um, I feel like that's a know good thyself. Thing. Is that a statement from somebody in the literary world? That's <laughs> yeah. all I'm trying to do. Okay, anus. I feel like that's expensive, and I wanted to prepare the people that it's not like I don't know. It's not a high end scotch. At no, fifty-seven dollars tequila. You said scotch. You were equating it to scotch, and this is about the price of scotches that we pay for. And then I said okay. because we're cheap bastards, and so I'm saying that's not a high end scotch. Okay. <laughs> this derailed after I should have I should have just George Costanza did it after mm-hmm. the story of George or Clooney. just say anus and walk away. Say anus one more say time it again. Um, I wanted to tell you that I have a new band name. Okay, it's called Sleeping Nico. You it's can a, never watch a it. band that <laughs> never made it to stage because he refuses to sleep. I was texting with Julie and she had texted me a really funny. TikTok and I had texted back and said, um, "You made me almost. You almost made me wake up a sleeping Nico." And then I was like, "Sleeping Nico, that's a great band name." But he truly never does sleep. He doesn't. Why? This is um, part of it's because of reasons that I won't go into. Okay. Part of it is part of the current alpha battle that's going on. <laughs> I know this. Okay. I see the look in his eye. He's trying to unthrone me. Mm, he is. He is. It's about to become Game of Thrones around Little here. does he know, it's not even me in the throne. It's you. <laughs> um, I took Daisy to check in for another week of camp. Another week. This is the third week of camp this summer. Yeah. Separated. This is the one that she's been going to since after her seventh grade year. She got to go a year early because she's hot shit. Yes. And that first year, we both went to take her and check her in. We yeah, were like super nervous. Clutching our hearts. We had tears in our eyes. It's literally less than a mile away. <laughs> it's like literally down the street from our house. Yeah. I could almost throw a baseball that far you've walked back and forth to that campus multiple times just when you're out for evening walks um but yeah so she's back at camp and now we're just like all right just can you get it together let's load and go like there's no ceremony or get your shit come on 
All right. So, yeah, <clears throat> it's hot this week. We got it some, is hot this week. We got some soaring temperatures. As we record, um, the weather app can't agree with itself. It's either going to be 106 or 108 today. Yeah. So, I, being a, a citizen of Reddit, I like to read the OKC subreddit quite a bit. And the, the Redditors there, we were tossing around, like, when has it been Oh, you're this? one of them now. Oh, yeah. You've admitted yourself into the club. Yes. Okay. I would never reveal my Reddit username, but yes. It's anus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You outed me. Um, Watermelon anus. I hate it. It's a good band name. No, it's yep. not. It's an alternative band. Definitely. They'll never hit the mainstream. No. All the ants and whatnot. <laughs> okay. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, we were deliberating. When have we had, when in recent history have we had this mini, this string, unbroken stretch of 100 plus degree days? And the general consensus, and I do remember this, was back mm. in 2011. So 11 years ago, we had an excruciatingly hot summer. And when I brought this up to you, you like got this far away look in your yeah. eye and you were like, was that the summer? I was like a, I was like a World War II veteran yes. remembering a moment. Yes. What yeah. did you, what were you up to that summer? That summer, that was the first summer in a new profession where I was feeling non-suicidal and i don't say that lightly it was really hard getting into this profession and that was the first that'd been the first start of a year where like we weren't sweating every month as to whether not, or not sweating from the heat we would pay our bills just paying because sweating because of the heat yeah well the guy that owned the business right next door to mine we'd gotten to be buds because like idiot business owners you show up in the wee hours of the morning for no reason other than there's no sense in laying in bed awake with your butt clenched or <laughs> anus clenched as it were. And so we, whoever got there second, if they saw the other person was there, we'd sit and visit and we got to be pretty good buds. And we decided because hey, we were men, right? <laughs> we were industrious men. Yeah. He had a, he had a piece of property um, not far from the offices, had a rent house on it and some stuff like that. And, and we decided, you know what? We're going to garden. Yeah, grow your own tomatoes. Yeah. And get your own fruit stand I've got going. your watermelon right here. <laughs> we did. In my own garden. <laughs> We're going to try to do some watermelon. We, we tilled up the entire damn yard of that. We'd never gardened before. We didn't know what we were doing. We tilled up the entire yard of that poor rent house person's place. We planted everything, yep. and in great quantities. And that summer was intensely, ridiculously hot. We're out there. We're taking shifts. We're working harder at that than we are at jobs <laughs> trying to get just any damn thing to grow. It wasn't until, like, most of the summer was over. We had grown one jalapeno that was the size of the last digit on your pinky, and then I think we'd grown, like, three zucchini. Yeah, but they were... They were were sickly. They were sickly. They were third world zucchinis. They were bad. Everything just withered. And it was at that stage, I I can't remember which one of us it was that had either researched it or just randomly come across the fact that it had been so hot that summer that literally three inches deep into the soil was still over 100 degrees, which at least helped us feel a little bit less bad about our inability to grow anything. It was the weather. It wasn't us. We're still men. Yes, still men. Yes. Yeah. 
I had it was a for- dark time. I completely had repressed that memory until you <laughs> were like, "That was the summer that we tried to garden, wasn't it?" And yeah. then I just started laughing because I had not thought about that. But yeah, it's not really conducive we, to the summer garden. We right had now. such grand dreams. Oh my gosh! Of all the fruits and vegetables. We and all things. got out. I mean, you, you, and he did most of the work. But his wife and I and our yeah. kids, we'd go out there and do some stuff. And the kids um, are looking around like, "This is bullshit, man." <laughs> There's no vegetables here. And you're like, sweetheart, don't say bullshit. (laughs) But you're right. So anyway, I hope wherever you are, you're staying nice and cool. And um, yeah. And gardening successfully. Well, yes. Most importantly, get your fruit stand going. Be your plant queen. Yeah. And pour yourself a margarita. Have a margarita or go get some ouzo. Oh, if you can find it. If you can find here it. in the States. Or if you have a friend that's going to Greece. Yes. All right. What else could they do? Um, make the blue cheese dressing. Okay. Even if it's just for other people. If you hate blue cheese, make it for the people that like it. It's a good dressing. All right. And have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye. Bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.